Today, we're talking about what happens when you get that call, that email, that LinkedIn message, the social post from the angry clients. <laughs> oh, the client is mad. Now, I know this may surprise you. You probably think, Matthew Kenji, you guys are cute. You've never had angry clients. Well, you'd be wrong. And that'd be foolish to think. We know that you, fellow friends and accountants, yes, you've had these angry clients too. So we're going to talk about what do you do as a firm owner when you hear when you hear this? What do you do with your team? Like, how do you handle that? I will even talk about, are there ways to get ahead of this stuff and be a little proactive and try to mitigate this? But oh, the angry client, this will be a fun one. Let's hope we have some high ABV beers today here on Drink While You Think, the happy hour podcast. We're a couple of uh, bozos like us. Talk about the weird ways we are building our firm. Got my co-host there, Matthew. I'm your host, Kenji. Matthew, who do we have sponsoring today? Today's episode is sponsored by VerifyQ. Practice management begins with quality. And now, sales enablement begins with quality. Check out SalesIQ on VerifyIQ's website, verifyIQ.co. Nice. And I'm so, and and these are soft t-shirts now. Oh, oh! So you're, extra you're bonus points. You're missing out. Look at that sweet shirt. Yeah, extra bonus points when you send us beer for sponsorship. If you send a, a soft t-shirt, uh, extra bonus points. So extra, what are you drinking, dude? Um, I'm going with this is Gate City's Citrus Maximus. It's actually dripping all over my laptop right now. Look at that! It's the beads of condensation oh, I'm is, that gate, that. is gate city the brewery yeah gate city and roswell okay. that is a um citra pale ale this should be pretty good but boy look at that i'm sitting outside today and it's, it's just, just like it's whew, just sweating i'm sitting in some mine sweating so i i went i'm going real fancy you look at this sealed like Ooh, wax, look at sealed what's top. going on there Matthew, okay the so this is from one of my favorite breweries from wrecking bar the siberius maximus so it's a it's a barrel aged imperial Russian imperial stout. So this one's a twelve point eight percenter, and you see it's Good. in the larger. Golly. This is the full uh, five hundred milliliter. Um, so I'm gonna do the what? Yeah, while you're doing that, Matthew, I'll tell you this. I did. Yeah, I didn't tell you what we were talking about today, angry clients. But when I said you better have a strong beer, you knew you were That's somehow cool. figuring this out. That is a Heavy ABV and a, it's going to be a big pour. That's uh, well, also I'm going on vacation when we get off this call. Oh, are you? So technically, so oh, I'll be God. on vacation for my parents' fiftieth wedding anniversary. Yeah, so. That's very nice. You gotta like that. And also, what's kind of cool too, from a branding perspective, we're both drinking beers that are something Maximus. That was not planned either. That was not planned. Got either. The Citrus Maximus, and yours is the Siberian Maximus. By Siberius. I see your beer is very cool. Let's see this pour. Don't be drinking that out of the bottle. Oh, no, no. I brought a cup for you just because I knew you would say that. Well, boy, That's what you want. Let that sucker breathe. Get that. There you go. You want a little bit of that nose, that aroma to hit. Plus, look how pretty that is pouring into that. I got does that, beer. Does that look like, about my color beer? Cheers, man. And I got one of my color beers. Cheers, dude. How's that? This is, this is, I can tell you the rating already. This is, <laughs> no, this is, yeah. this is um, my, uh, so you had a bad day. 
beers. This is a, one of the fives that gets you back. I did not have a bad day today, though. So no, you're preparing. It can be used for getting you ready for vacation and for good days too. But you let's see if I can make you. Let's see if I can make clients. Day. Yeah, let's see if I can make your day bad by talking about grumpy, angry clients. All right, it happens. It happens to all of us. If it hasn't happened to you yet, um, the only thing I can say is <laughs> your firm's too small. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't say that. that's not very nice. There may be some out there who just do an exceptional job of their clients all love them. I think the last person I heard that said all their clients love them was Lori Lynn. I actually do believe that. I doubt there's been an angry client for, for Lori Lynn. Um, there may be some folks on Twitter who occasionally get a little bit upset with her, but those aren't clients. Um, yeah. I love her being spicy out there. That said, it happens. Like, right? Even clients we're not serving, it bubbles up, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, Inbox blows up, phone call, or something happens and it bubbles up to you, the firm owner. Um, what is your natural instinct when you see that? Like, what's your kind of like, what happens when you see that angry client come through? Oh, I think this is terrible. I think, and you got to stay out of this trap as a firm owner. I mean, it's an okay perspective, but I just think of all of the things that I should have done to prevent that from happening, whether it's training the team or having better processes or fixing something, I immediately, like, that's where I immediately so go. If I'm, hearing, if I'm hearing you right, you're saying, oh man, this is my fault. It's all my fault. <laughs> <laughs> like, and that's fair. Um, so, cause if it's a bad staff, like if it's somebody that goes to the client, right? Because that never happens to anybody. If it theoretically, but if one of your employees was to ghost a client, like shouldn't you have hired better? Shouldn't you have paid attention to something that happened in their life? Shouldn't you have it like shouldn't you be aware? Should you have a system to catch that? Like, how's that not on us, the firm owner? Like, I can't I that's I have awfully yet- optimistic, Matthew. That's awfully pie in the sky, but people aren't always on the up and up they're not always you know people make mistakes sometimes people are bad not always but sometimes but you still think that you still feel like man that first response is this has got to be on me oh well i that's where my head goes originally and i have to get back so from tactically i'm like okay (laughs) next step like so there's a couple of varieties of this right you're probably going to talk about some of them like the one star google review the creeper on on social media, the just email or phone call you get that you have no context on. <laughs> the, well, let's, the escalation, let's back up a second, the escalation, right? so, yeah, the escalation yeah. to you through your team. Like, there's several varieties of you. There's a lot of varieties them. before before you even know the variety, right? Okay, you talked about the feeling, and I get that. The first, and I agree with you. That first feeling is, oh, we dropped the ball. Something we messed something up, and it's probably yeah. on me. And I, I agree with you. I think that's natural as a firm owner because it's your. This is your entity. This is your organization. It. it yep. Something didn't go right. It's got to be on me. That's not bad, but you're right. You probably shouldn't wallow in it and let you get too stuck there. Like, now, what's the next step? Like, let's just say, let's say it's an email. It's come into your inbox, and Matthew, your team sucks. I'm disappointed. Okay, you got through the feeling. What's your next step? What do you typically do? So, I like to as quickly as possible respond that I'm going to follow up on it. Right. Um, How do you do that? Either email, email if I've never met the person in their life, phone call if it's somebody that's in the network or Atlanta usually, and say, hey, I got this. Like, 
stop the bleeding a little bit, right? Every time I don't respond same day, even if it's to say I'm looking into it, it goes bad. So let me let me pause there real quick. So you're saying before you even have context, let's say you don't even know what what in the hell is going on, you like to actually just get a response back of some sort. Before you've done the investigative work, you like to respond, right. is that right? Yeah, and I'm one of the people that doesn't mind actually talking to somebody on the phone without all the information. Right. I'm like, we're a big enough firm now, like you like, especially if they know us, like you gotta respect that I've got to go fact find. Like I I acknowledge usually on that call, like I'm if you're feeling that way, I'm sure that feeling is valid, but I'm sure there's lots of information I have to get to figure out what to do next. Yeah. And I do, if I do get them, I do ask like them, like sometimes like, what do you, what, what does it take to get over this? Like, do I need to change staff people? Are you asking for a credit? Like, are you just upset? Like, I literally ask them that sometimes you just want me to listen to you. Like, like, like what's, what, what makes this better? Like, what's a positive outcome from here knowing that likely something got screwed up and so so you're saying you go okay, get the feeling over you get a pretty quick response like let's respond uh and then if you get them there's a doesn't sound like there's a hey tell me what went wrong it's more like you're putting them in the headspace of hey just we go t- tell, tell me what the solution might look yeah like. are thinking and trying I, to getting in that posture yeah and when i talk to them i said i'm sure this is our fault like I'm sure I should have done something better. Even if our team did everything right, I probably should have fixed the communication on that. Like I, I try to take it off the team and onto me as quickly as possible. And that's, that's been, that's disarming to them. Usually like that changes. The, like I'm trying to change the tenor as fast as possible to how do we move forward to get off of you guys suck. Right. Right. Like, we may have sucked. We may have not sucked. I'm not even going to argue that with you. I'm sure if we definitely sucked. If you think we sucked, we sucked. So what's next, right? Like in, as quickly as possible with whatever strategy I think works at the time, depending on the relationship I have with the person. Right. So, so you get through that part of it. What come? I mean, I assume then are you moving into a little bit of fact finding internally? I do a little bit of, well, depending if we can just get over it. Like sometimes it doesn't matter. Sometimes they just want to complain. Like if they're talking 500 bucks, like I'm done. Like, like if a $500 credit, like for some knit, like that's worth, like the fact finding is going to cost more than the 500 bucks. Right. Like from a productivity and people feeling shitty and all that kind of stuff. So like, depending on like two out of 10, I can resolve on the call. Right. So I'm trying to at least kill some of them. And then eight out of 10, we're doing some backfinding. Right. Okay. Especially what now. does that, what does that look like? At the eight like out of back 10, in the day, like five, and t- five out of 10, I could fix on the call. Now it's like two out of 10. Cause yeah, usually the ones that come to us now are a little like, they're like somebody else has usually talked to them. Like they've, they've had to, or, or they're Atlanta folks, right? They've, they've had to work their way up through a little bit of a chain. It's not like, you know, except for the people that know us personally, that skip Correct. everything. Yeah. <laughs> there are a few of those. That's okay. Um, that's just part of it. It's but, part of it. Yeah. Part of it. So the eight out of 10, then I guess now at that point, we're back and doing some fact finding. Okay. Let's figure out to the best of our ability. What, 
what happened. Do you have a, you know, that, yeah. What, what's kind of, you? do you have an approach when it gets to that? Like, all right. I do. I do. And a lot of time I do this before I call them back. I go and look at relatively speaking, how much we've built them over the last year. Okay. So you, oh, interesting. So you go, you're like, let me hear well, the like, side of it. How pissed off can you be if we've charged you a thousand bucks in the last year? Like, yeah, like, like that, that helps me get some context on like, oh shit. Like, and sometimes a lot of time is like, oh, my bill, like we get a lot of like, oh, your bill's too high on the hourly stuff. Right. Or somebody didn't do proper expectation setting. Or usually that's the excuse they use because most of the time people aren't pissed unless they're in a cash crunch and then they're pissed. Um, but that's just an observation. <laughs> uh, so, Probably a fair one. Um, so I do, I bet frequently I do this search before, sorry, this, you can tell I don't prep for Kenji's questions. Um, so I probably do the search before I call them of like order of magnitude. How big are the client? Are they to acuity? Yeah. Like, Hey, okay. Are they 50, did they, bill 50,000 or 12,000 like I need to know um kind of relatively speaking yeah gotcha um anything else you do before you start kind of getting some team member communicating with team members anything else you do kind of independently sometimes I go into Salesforce and see how pain in the ass they've been like because usually if they've opened a bunch of tickets and they're problematic you can see that sometimes I'll join our Slack channel on the team and just scan it that's my, that's the one I typically do is I'm like, I just go quickly into the Slack channel. We do have a Slack channels for every client. We have, um, at Acuity, we have some that are internal only for the client and some with the client. And those are not bad ones to go into and like, all right, let's just go through a scan and see, try to pick up some context and some communication rhythms. And like, it, you can pick out if there's any friction or things in there sometimes. Well, one of the things I also do when I'm in QuickBooks, I see how much money they owe us. Okay. Because yeah. one of the times this happened, somebody had, we had billed them thirty thousand dollars, but they'd never paid any bills. Yeah. So like you're like, why are you like you've never paid us? So like you don't get to complain yeah. really right now. <laughs> yeah. Until you start paying bills, well that helps too. Like the first time I talked to them is like, hey, like I get we did bad service. You don't pay us. Like, like I don't even care if we did bad service since you didn't pay us. We paid yeah. you. We, did we don't have high enough. We don't have high, high enough bill rates that we ran it up that much in like one or two weeks. That's that's a long time that yeah we've been oh, doing no. some work and for but like to, yeah, you know we had well I'm not gonna <laughs> it happens. I, I'm not worried about talking about specific ones, but like yeah, let's let's not do that. Let's let's keep specific ones out of there. So okay, once the fact finding's been done, do you usually have once you've done that? You've taken a look at the financials. You've kind of teased out some things out of the engagement that through Slack channels or through Salesforce or whoever, you know, your firm might be picking up data about it. Do you typically set up a meeting with any team members? Do you just communicate over Slack? How do you start? Uh, once you get out I, of the data side, what do you, how uh, do you get into that? Well, I, I typically, if I'm going to talk to somebody or call somebody, I call like, I'll call Lisa or I'll call Sammy or I'll call Taylor. These are our COO, our head of bookkeeping, our head of accounting. Like those are historically the people that had context. Um, it, depending on if I knew for some reason that they had interacted or just checking to see if they've ever interacted with people before, or sometimes 
Right. I'm the point of escalation off of two of those folks, right? Off of Tam- uh, Sammy and Taylor. Um, usually, if it goes to Lisa, we never get it because she fixes it just like we can fix it. Like, it, I mean, if you get to me, you or Lisa, like, there's no. <laughs> okay, the next step. Like, that. you're just yeah, pissed. Yeah. Right. It's... Yeah. Um, so, so with those other two, I might call them or, or ping them directly. I, I tend to freak, like, I don't know why, maybe, I don't, you probably do too. Like if you were to hit like one of the engagement team members, like that might freak them out more than anything. Um, but I might post something general in Slack saying, Hey, we got a complaint for so-and-so I understand, you know, they're a high maintenance client. Like I'm trying to get some context and, um, before a phone call with them, does anybody have anything that's happened recently? Or if there's something specific I knew, I'll I'll post it in the channel. And then once that's that I'm not gonna freak them out, then I'm like, because I mean I mean, I don't know what other yeah, the, the context there for other other firm owners. And again, these are probably ones of some scale and size is if you're not interacting with your team all the time or that client and all of a sudden you swoop in and say, Hey, we got a name client I hear about. That's, that's Matthew's point about freaking people out. Like they don't really interact with you that often. All of a sudden the big boss is calling saying, Hey, we got an upset client. And oh it's, yeah. When it's, we were, it's, it's a little when we were, bit, yeah. when we were 30 people, I could go and say, Hey, what's going on? We'll sit down and talk about them. Yeah. After we got past 50 people, like I started freaking people out when I did that. So I had to shift to kind of like a new approach to where you informed them of something softer, like, Hey, I'm data gathering, like, don't freak out. Um, I don't know how the big companies work, but man, people think you're just going to fire them straight out of the gate. So you have to, you have to be mindful of that after probably about 50 people for those of you out there. Like that's one big change when you start getting bigger is after you're like 50 people and people don't kind of know you personally. Um, you've got to really, you got to really be careful because other people have treated them bad in the past. A lot of people. Right. And oftentimes the client maybe has too, right? Well, and we know the clients, the clients that complain generally aren't, well, that's not true. So like, uh, we've had good they, clients. They can complain. be. We've had good clients complain for valid reasons. I mean, I think but there's there's typically the, almost always the bad a clients way. typically complain more, right? Correct. They find so you something. Just can't, to you you yeah. got to figure out which kind of it is. Yeah, yeah. And I think typically what we find is there's just a values misalignment sometimes with the way that client works and the way we work and the way that we handle things with our people and the way they do, and that's confusing sometimes. You know, as a, as a firm, uh, you can't always. It's hard hard to vet for uh, values with a yep. client all the time. And so you have, and again, when you're a CAS firm, like we are, your, your staff almost becomes a pseudo staff of their firm. And so it yep. is interesting. They're kind of bridging this gap of where there's two different work environments. And when those are in conflict, it can be, it can be tough. It can, it yep. can make it, make a difference for sure. So um, what are you, what are we, well, I said you, we, what do we typically find in the hierarchy of like when clients, what are clients angry about? Like what are the top couple things that typically clients are upset about? Um, a lot of it is recently uh, and recently in the last three years with the staff turnover, the clients, like most clients, regardless of whether it's true or not grasp onto that change like people hate change so as yeah. soon as you change a person on their team man they 
hold on to that and they're like you any transition money. you owe me tough. money no matter what like it doesn't matter if you do it well or poorly yeah. or whatever why like, can't that person get up to speed quickly they're not as good as the other person it's just it's if, very if difficult they get one extra question in that time frame that's a little off or you have somebody mismanaging it yeah. or if you have a controller that likes to do something differently than the previous controller and they do a offhand remark about like, I got to go clean up all this stuff that's wrong. Like when you're like, you have no context that we weren't doing gap books before at the instructions of the person, you can't go tell them it's all wrong just because it's non gap. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, I think a lot of that is communication and training people like what services we're offering people. This is where it comes back to us, right? <laughs> like when we did the, a lot of times when people leave and they're leaving more and more abruptly, it doesn't allow for smooth transitions for client transitions. We've had recently, you know, employees leave that are 30 years into their career, like that aren't giving notice and are kind of ghosting as soon as they resign, which blows my mind. Like doing client service in that environment is very difficult especially if they weren't complying with some of the like where we where we're supposed to like and then not or if we don't have access to some of the files or something like that then that gets really really difficult so those transition issues seem to be like number one theme right now just because the last three years has been so brutal with people changing jobs so fast more i I think most firms are feeling this like where more people are changing jobs the last three years than we can remember ever in the history of the world. Strong causality with, with any transition, you can look at it and say, yep, that that's going to trigger the churn meter to go up a little bit. Um, negative sentiment on NPS or any other responses and uh, just overall unhappiness. It's not, it's not easy. You know, the other one is, um, which always drove me nuts is like other firms being mean. So like, like, cause we don't, we didn't, we don't proactively try to get the tax work from our cast clients. And we're having, we have this trouble all the time when the, when these firms go through mood swings that are doing the tax return, they'll like snipe at us because they're pushing a new tax practice internally. And they'll snipe and be like, these are all the things that your CAS team is doing wrong over at Acuity. Yeah. Like, why don't you bring it to us? Do you feel like I feel like we used to get that one a lot more? I don't know. Do we still get? Do we still get some now? He said, "Like, well, I mean, we started a tax practice to kibosh that, so now yeah, we have yeah, there's some defense for that. We're more on the hook for it. <laughs> that was defensive, right? So, right. like, two hundred fifty of those like got kiboshed because because we dealt with, um, yeah. Man. But at the end of the day, like, regardless of what happened. I would say 97% of our issues, I boil down to communication. You think it's that low? <laughs> no, I, 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 I'm kidding. I'm kidding, but it's. I'm going to give it 3% other, but 97% is control didn't communicate, book year didn't communicate, CFO didn't communicate, firm didn't communicate, transition well, you didn't set expectations well, like, like, Business owners are relatively reasonable if you communicate. Right. And and like even difficult business owners. Oh, sure. 
I'll go back to what you said to start with. And um, this is something we've tried to with our team. It's very difficult. But if you as a firm owner can get this built into your DNA as a team, not just the communication, but the high responsiveness. I think you talked about the very get-go. The first thing you do is you respond. Respond in some way. I acknowledge there's something wrong here. Let me get on it. And I think that's probably one of the number one things you can do across, you know, your team or anyone can do is say, hey, let me let me give you an update. Like, okay, cool. I got it. Let's start giving some timelines about how we're going to maybe communicate again, how we're going to fix things and just be quick and responsive. It is disarming, which is good. You, that's what you want to do is you want to flip the script a little bit, but nothing, nothing good happens when you're not communicating well. And so often that communication is, it's just, there's a lack of communication. And and what I'll say, I've seen a mistake that we've made before is team members are, are attempting to do the right thing and fix something and do the right and say, let's get this right. Let's go fix this. But they're doing it in a bit of a black box without the client knowing about it. And they're going, okay, I'm trying to get, we have to switch a team member on this. We have to fix something. I'm working, I'm working on it. They're doing that, but they're not communicating back to the client. They're not giving an right. update. And that just lack of a response is infuriating. It's infuriating to me, you know, or any one of us when we've got an issue, we're like, I don't even know if someone's listening to me, or I have no idea the timeline. The first step is communicating well. I think it's being very responsive and timely communication will help tremendously. Yeah. And I, I think the other thing that like the, the big thing in addition to communication that blows my mind and I would say I'm going to give it 95% of the situations is that all of the communication that did happen before the problem was a hundred percent email, no video, no phone calls, no context, people escalating over email, people misinterpreting tone, like, crazy shit that you should just pick up the yeah. phone and fix right back in the day just pick it up and do it i know that's not the way that the youth of today people like to communicate in different means but it's even if you don't want to be in that one-on-one i mean pop a quick video message something get something face-to-face which is disarming something people, where you have people, visual people cues feel empath- and empathetic or audio audible cues tone. it makes a world difference um, Sympathy. See that like, the, the other show thing, that you give a shit, right? Right. The, the other thing that this one's more for the firm owners out there, right? Because when things come to you and I, um, you're, we're typically not involved directly in the engagement. And so there's a bit of like, a, what can you do to help? Well, there's always the, the the buck stops here with the owner and et cetera. But I I think what's interesting for us is, and probably most of the firms who are listening, we serve other small businesses and actually firm owners are small business owners too. There's an opportunity there to build some commonality and go, yep, you probably messed something up. Let me listen and learn here. You know, um, we were talking about this and, and my, my really good close friend, George Clooney uh, said this <laughs> from Expensicon, I joke. Um, and Lisa and I talked about, we liked this quote of it. He said, I never learned anything from being right. You know, and, and it's a great reminder of there's an opportunity to learn something. And so you kind of go to that business and say, hey, uh, we probably screwed something up. What can I learn from this? Can you help me? 
we're, and then you kind of get on there and say, gosh, yeah, we're scaling right now. We're growing a bunch. We just lost some people in whatever team. We're having a tough go of it. Tell me more about how that impacted you. And you kind of, you can build some empathy real quick that's unique as a firm owner because pretty quickly, I've almost, every time I've done this with another business owner, they're like, oh man, that reminds me of when we lost people a few years ago, we had this issue. And next thing you know, you're suddenly on the same page with them. You're like, you're yeah. kind of commiserating about being business owners. Like, oh, it is hard and it is difficult. And they can see the business and the team in a little bit of a different light. That's something unique, I think, that firm owners can do. I worry about that I sometimes, when we jump into this, I I meddle with the process and I screw things up and I make it harder for the team. I've done that. Uh, when I've done it well, it's been more of a, hey, I've been able to, been the one person who can get on the same page of the business owner. And they're like, oh, yeah, I got to get it. They start seeing through more empathetic eyes of, this is a, I'm an entrepreneur like you are. And yep, I remember we had the scale issues and I've had some like, oh, you should try this out next time. And some are very good about constructive criticism if you get them in that posture. But when you're not responding and they don't feel like you're doing anything, they're not going to be, you know, it's not going to be constructive criticism. They're just going to be pissed. And so if you can get them there, boy, it flips the script a bit. But one of the, this is kind of unique. Well, this may not be unique to me. Like, you and you and me generally, but like, I would say that's not a tactic. You can't fake that. No, no, you can't fake that. Like that has to be your style and that's your and my style. Yeah. So like other firm owners, if they're going to do that, like other business owners, like if you're faking it, they know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They know it. You but know what also, I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, for, like for it, us, it's a, I mean, for, and I, I think I would hope that most good firm owners, entrepreneurs are going to be open to taking some feedback. There's, there's going to be some who aren't. That's okay. But I know, seriously, I mean, obviously we talked you know about I mean? probably the most, like, the most like this is company, not building the most a playbook. company value we have, right? As was being curious. curious. That's our Monique's company value. And, and that is true. It's a very thing. We are very curious in many ways. And I am curious about every time someone bitches or complains, there's, and, and it may be almost all on them, there's some element of something there to be learned, something to be gained. And like going into eking out that little bit, even if that person is a jackass or being rude, whatever, there's something there to get out of that conversation. If you can kind of get them there, maybe they never get on your side or not, but in many cases they get quick, more quickly on your side than you think. And that's something I think that's fairly unique at the higher levels of the organization. That That's a way I always think about how, helping our team. Like, oh, how can Kenji help as... You know, the CEO who's not involved in the engagements, so like, oh, if I can disarm them a little bit and get the client to bring the blood pressure down, to get them in a posture of where they're thinking constructively, then we can smooth some things out. But I just offer that 100%. As one, what about, yeah. 100%. But I, I'm just saying, like, that's not a tactic. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's like, you have to believe that. Like, you, you have to be willing to make a change. You have to be willing to be curious to to take that approach. Yeah. Like that's all I'm saying. Like so, at a big firm, that probably doesn't work. Like at a mega firm, right? Not. Like if this is a one of our peers, like somebody that has a CAS practice that they're the firm owner and they're trying to get better, hundred percent. That's yeah, my only. I mean, that's my only thing with that is like I, I think so, and I think that's where it probably does make more sense because I mean our truly our livelihood, our lives kind of depend on it in certain ways. Like it's important to figure out if we're making bad mistakes, it is. Very important. We don't get to go on to the next job, really, as firm owners. Like we're stuck with it. That's that's a yeah. it's a Britney it's a Britney Brown thing, right? 
yeah. Brittany Brown and I said, you know, it's the benefit of being an employee is you get to leave whenever you want. <laughs> when you're an owner, you just don't, years. like you just don't, you just don't. So you're, you're stuck with it and you better learn from it and you better, better make it work and listen. Um, all right, let's, let's kind of maybe finish on one last thing and, and then we'll kind of wrap up and rate some beers. Um, what do you think like proactively, like we're talking about reactive things here. If you were to think about a couple of things like, okay, what do you do to get ahead of some of these? It's hard. Like, can, can you look at data or different things to give indications like, Ooh, we may have something going wrong. Do we look at, you know, surveys or they're just processes you build that earn you street cred for when things do go wrong? What are, how do you think about the proactive side of like, oh, let's just not, let's just not have angry clients. Let's not have people get pissed and blow up our email. What are there some things you can think about that may mitigate that angry client? I mean, you're happening in the first place. You're you're coming off our our uh, our offsite retreat. I am. That's why, that's why it's a topic. Like, yeah. So I just feel we have a long way to go here. Like. <sighs> Like I just like it's so much as a firm owner just to be responsive with how we've built the pricing and how we've built the the client service and stuff like that. Um Can you know, I, real quick, real quick, let me say one thing there. I think it's important. I mean, to me, it is, is the word you use responsive. We talked about responsive a lot. I think for us at Acuity, our our, our top core value is being measured. And we talk about that very clearly to the team members of being responsive, not reactive, right? right? Responsive, not reactive of, we do need to be quick. We need to be thoughtful and intentional, but we need to be responsive, not just reactive with our emotions and feelings. We need to be responsive. So anyway, I just, I just pause there, especially for any you know, team members listening is the importance of that being measured of like, yep, it's quickly to respond, but you're doing it thoughtfully. Anyway, um, keep going. So I think this goes back to like why we got involved with Verified Q, right? Ooh, we're bringing our sponsor in. I like this into the. Well, it's kind of it's like our it's our everybody knows that I think we're involved with Verified Q, so hopefully they know that we're just every time Verified Q is a sponsor, we just want to shill uh, for that. But no one else has sent us beers. What it means? Yeah, no, and nobody else has sent us beers. Um, <laughs> but we did get the shirts coming off of engaged. So that was kind of nice. So like when, when we got excited about verify Q, when they were raising money before we kind of stepped in and, 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 and took over kind of the product development there, what we saw was the potential to aggregate data that was actionable off like of the whole client base. So the problem we saw, like there's all kinds of problems and I might be going too deep on this KK, but like the the problem we saw was like, sure, you can go and figure out, like you could scan and figure out like at a point in time, like what's my client's whatever cash balance or revenue or whatever at at a point in time and try to get everybody to pull it. But Verify Q was doing, could capture that information for you when you knew the books were clean so it only captured it once the books were clean so what we've done there is like tried to identify 
now it's on us though right as the firm owner to say okay what are the things that trigger proactivity um i think that's the challenge with proactivity right it's not that we don't know what to do when somebody brings it up to us is we like we don't know the indicators and we we may know the indicators we haven't done enough thought as a profession about the indicators to track those to trigger some proactivity mm-hmm. that's my biggest gripe about our whole profession right now and it's my biggest concern about acuity right now is we are so caught up with just doing what our clients ask us to do we don't think long enough about what are the triggers in our industries that once they hit them we should be reaching out to them and keeping them from making mistakes and so like when i get into the like dream world of like we built this great company it's a company that's identified the triggers at least on an industry level of what things start conversations that help prevent not all of these problems that's ridiculous but 50 to 80 percent of these problems right Yeah. yeah like what a cool goal right and i think as firm owners we we need to take stock of that a little bit and say why is that that we're so reactive why is that is it because we are trying to do too much on too many industries is it because we're trying to if we we don't price right it's because there's several things there's lots of things that kind of back into that but like proactivity i think all of us need to take a hard look about the industry we serve and spend more time thinking about what are some of the triggers we could track to like really move the needle for the entrepreneurs or the business owners that we serve i i don't know maybe i'm too no i mean i think i think you're 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 embodying right now the verify Q you know model you're you you got the shirt on you're ready to go it is about there there are things that we have that are unique to us as firms we've got good data and how do we use that in a way to facilitate um discussions and to facilitate like how do we help think ahead a little bit and 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 i think there's good opportunities maybe more than we can think than we've thought of before of being able to know in advance of what things a client might need before they even know us. We've got some of the data there and some of the tools, yeah. but it's verify IQ is one of the things. I, th- I think the data component is a thing that firms should really be considering. You've got maybe more than you can think than you thought you had to be able to determine everything from, okay, with, if we're not, that's just gonna like, hey, is the quality of the, fi- the, the file that we've been working on not very good? Yikes, this could create an issue. Or you're looking into like, Golly, their cash balance has been dwindling. Their AR is getting out of control. There's there's some stress going on, right? That that right. is something that just triggers the emotions of, hey, do we need to be more helpful there? Um, yeah. What are the financial things that we know that could trigger like something that we could do to help them? Just to help them, right? And so, I so think that, like that was like yeah. And just so you know, like like for everybody out there, like Verify Q is not gonna fix it. It's just going to give you information. You're going to have to you're going to have to know the triggers. 
Right. You have to tell the stupid tools out there, VerifyQ, Keeper, all these uh, scrutinize, whatever tools you're using, Zenit, like all these ones, I'm not trying to shill. Like any of these tools, you're going to have to tell them what you want and then you're going to have to build it. Like the, and, and the you're going to take plan. action on it. That's the big thing is you got to take an action on it. You can't or just have your it. people take an action on so, it. In like, some way, yeah, you as an organization will. And I think that's where I'll add this to it. My take on it is um, thing, experience has been that things go wrong. They always go wrong. It's life. And if you're going to get jammed up with the first thing that goes wrong and it's going to be a disaster and fiasco and everybody's upset at each other, it's not worth it. So almost preparing for something's going to go wrong. Um, and I don't think that as a, in a negative way. I think actually there's great opportunities to, when things get tough, to show like, yep, we're going to be the accounting provider that leans in with you. We're going to help figure out and fix it. We're not going to run away from it. But I do think you need a few chips kind of on the table on our side. Like, right? There are some things you can do to earn some of those, you know, like, hey, I think they're, you know, the folks at Acuity just dropped the ball over there, but because this happened previously, or I have a relationship with someone, or I feel like I've connected to the brand, or they did something for me, you got a few cards up your sleeve. You may need those. You need, you kind of need a few get out of jail freeze. And that could be through, could be through anything. We were really challenging our team this week um, at our offsite to think about what that looks like. That's authentic to them. We don't want people doing things that feel inauthentic, but like, what could you do to let a client know that we do care? Some people are like, I'd love to get on the phone and talk to them about all kinds of things. Other people are like, that sounds horrible. You know, drop them a quick note or you send them a cool industry thing to let them know you're thinking of it. It's just unexpected fix things. A, that, fix a process. Fix a process like, or something. You just do something, something for them, a little something. And I do think you can have relationships at scale. I think that's possible. We're talking about one-on-one connections here. We're talking about some relationships at scale. And I think if you do that to kind of put a few things in the relationship bank, right, on our side, the show that we've tried there, it's going to help you in the long run in many ways, whether that's just, yikes, something went wrong or even better case. And, and that, and, and that helps absolve some mistakes that will happen or even better. You put some, you know, some deposits in there from the relationship side and they go, we got it. We we're scaling and growing. We got some really interesting things going on. I, I've got to keep using this team for some more work, for some more projects. Yeah. We've seen that happen. So I think using the data and I think also finding ways to make some connection points and build some relational currency. And as Matthew said, we're a long way from that. We are long. I, I don't know many people who are doing that in a fantastic way uh, because I think everyone right now is understaffed. There's too many clients. It's a little hard to do that, but it certainly too much, is. Too much turnover. Like, yeah, yeah it's the but right we, it's the right way to go. We need to start creating more headspace to do it as farm motors, like yeah. as a group. So we do share some good ideas there. All right, let's rate some beers. What do you think? Sounds great. Um, You've already, I've got mine pulled up, but I know you've already got yours uh, ready to roll. Let me, uh, da, 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 da. hold on one second here. Let's pull so up. Everybody Again, should um, be a patron for Wrecking Bar. Oh, forget following us. Like just <laughs> keep Wrecking Bar in business so that I have my Friday place to eat. Dinner. Oh my gosh. Ma- Matthew. Yeah. By the way, Matthew, last night we, I ran into one of our good friends having dinner. Um, our good friends, Brian Gordon. And Logan and I went over and spoke and said hi to them at their table. And they said, "Yeah, 
guess what? We went to Wrecking Bar. And of course, we tried to reach out to Matthew and Laura to see if they're going to be there. And they didn't have their phones with them. And they were already there. So yes, Matthew, if you ever want to find Matthew and his lovely wife. On a Friday Florida, night, generally Friday night, night at the wrecking go to Wrecking Bar in Candler Park in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay, let's get this out of the way here. Here's my Citrus Maximus from Gate City Brewing. Um, getting a 3.0 for me. That's pretty low for me. I was not crazy about this. Citra is a hop. I really like it. should be very fruity and floral and all that stuff. And it just is kind of blah. It's and, just uh, not great. I was not a huge fan. So I'm excited okay. more to hear about the, how do you spell it again? The first part is. Siberius. Siberius. No, with an I. Dude, Sorry, I can't quite see it. That's I-B-E-R-I-U-S. Maximus, there, right there, there. there wrecking bar. Oh, pop. I'm excited to hear about this guy. Look at the average; he's already 4.25. I'm going to start right. putting it up in the upper four zones just to prepare. What's it going? going all the way to five. Five, this baby. Is, this is my, this is my, this is my beer, dude. This is how beer should this be made. Is. Like, and I'm actually not a big uh, barrel aged person for stouts, and this one, this one is. This 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 Russian Imperial Stout is is my fave. So come down to Wrecking Bar if you're in Atlanta. I want to get on Matthew May's good side. Get him a side. Send him some Siberius Maximus or something that replicates this. That is a yeah. Don't, a, I like that. I don't like be that don't be brave. Don't send the six pack. Just a single. Like no, you don't have yeah, to do no that. Kid, like, no no kidding, dude. You can't hand a six pack of those. You go through those. You'd be on the floor. Oh, you can't do those in one. You can't do a six pack in one day unless you're at the Falcons game. <laughs> I've seen you do that before. I, I know. I, to pull you, I think I had to pull you out of the bushes. No, anyway, you, you lie. Maybe, maybe, well, maybe, maybe not. Anyway, uh, thanks can for joining lies, everybody. That's all you need that's, to know. That's all so. I need, you know, need to know about this, but it makes for a good story. Uh, but cheers to everyone for joining us. Glad you could you could make it. Um, send us some more requests for things you'd love for us to talk about. And uh, we'll, you want to sponsor, spot. send us beer. Yeah. And follow and subscribe. And so you don't miss the next episode of Drink While You Think. Thanks for being here, everybody. See you next time.